This is The Ghost Light, the weekly interview podcast that shines the spotlight on theater performers that don't normally see it. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Matt Morris. First and foremost, thank you for even listening to this podcast. There are so many options nowadays, and it means a lot to me that you'd even take the time to tune in to mine. If this is your first time listening, I am dedicating this podcast to theater professionals that don't get interviewed as often as Broadway stars. I've had a decent mix of professions so far, but I definitely like to see more. If you know someone with a unique perspective on the theater, send them my way at TGLpod on Twitter and Facebook or theghostlightpod at gmail.com. I would especially love to have some designers. If you know a scenic designer, a costume designer, lighting, anything, ask them to get in touch with me. In line with that, if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a rating and review on the podcasting service you use. Visibility and word of mouth are going to help me get theater professionals of all types on here. On today's episode, Kevin Frolix and Patrick J. Riley join me. They recently wrote their very own musical, Great Frontier, a poorly researched musical about Lewis and Clark. In addition to that, they also funded a $3,000 Kickstarter campaign and had the opportunity to perform it here at New York Theater Festival. The show was so successful that they were asked to do an additional night at the festival. Kevin and Patrick clearly have a passion for the art, and it was very cool to speak with people driven enough to complete a musical. One last note, there is some light language in this episode. If you normally listen with kids around, maybe do it on your own time. Enjoy. All right, everyone, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Ghost Light. Today, I have Patrick J. Riley. Hey. And I believe it's Kevin Frolix. It is, yes. I pronounced that correctly. You did, yes. Okay, good. I know your website says that people don't often (laughs) pronounce it correctly. You've done your research. Yes, I have. I try to do some research, so hopefully everything I say is correct, but if it's not, feel free to let me know. Sure. So I'm excited to have you guys on today because you wrote a musical, and I think that's very interesting. It's Mm -hmm. called Great Frontier a poorly researched musical about Lewis and Clark. Yep. Yes, it is. Great. This is what it is. Awesome. <laughs> Before we get into that, I would like to learn more about you guys as individuals and how you got involved in the theater. So, you know, however you want to do this, just kind of tell me, you know, how you guys got involved in theater, you know, what that path looked like for you, and then we'll get into some questions. Sure. You, I, mean, you, I mean, you can go because you have the more traditional. Yeah, <laughs> I have the more you're, traditional. You're more of the theater nerd than I, than I was growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um... I always wanted to do. I, I wanted to be a comedian, really bad, and I wanted to stand up. And I remember when I was in the fifth grade, I auditioned for the talent show doing stand up. That I was basically just doing George Carlin and Dane Cook, a mix of those two, like a healthy mix, which is mm-hmm. uh, is is good. <laughs> As and opposed then, to an unhealthy mix. <laughs> well, the Dane Cook there, you got to yeah. cut the fat at some point. But um, <laughs> I uh, I was doing it, and the the drama teacher he came out to me afterwards, and he was just kind of like, hey. Uh, why don't you just do the school show? And I just never thought of it, you know? And then uh, we did Once Upon a Mattress, and I was Dauntless, Prince Dauntless. And then um, after that, I just started asking my mom to take me to Broadway shows. And my mother 
loves musicals. I grew up listening to a lot of like Oscar Hammerstein soundtracks and um, like The Wiz and stuff like that. And uh, my mother just started taking me to shows on the weekends, like constantly. Like we just do like standing room only, and um, we would uh, do like rush tickets for stuff. And we saw we saw like everything. Like every other week for almost like two years, we saw like ten to fifteen shows. Wow! Like just <laughs> just because it was all it's like all instead of going to the movies, we would just go see a show for twenty bucks, you know. Mm-hmm. So I saw a bunch of great shows, and I just started really loving theater and getting into theater. And then I went to middle school, and middle school I was just doing a bunch of theater, and I I got into, like, drama and reading plays. And then in high school, I auditioned for a theater school, and I went to a theater school. And then I started working with Roundabout Theater Company a lot. And then out of high school, I just started working in theaters to learn the ins and outs. And then um, all this time I was also doing stand-up, too. So, and that's how I met Kevin. And then, and then it was today. And then today happened. Sorry, you were really setting it up for me to pick up the torch, and I just sort of let it linger. So I, I was not nearly as much of a theater nerd as Patrick was growing up. I, uh, started. I was really, I really loved music as a kid. So like when I, I remember being like in third grade, and a friend of mine got to skip the fourth grade and go into fifth grade, and we were all very jealous because that meant he got to join band yeah. the year before everybody else. <laughs> and so he got a, he got to play the trombone. I was like, "That's the coolest guy I've ever met." Uh, didn't know that trombones aren't cool. Yeah. Uh, and so I really wanted to play the clarinet because my dad and my grandfather played clarinet, and they were just like, "It's great. It's a lot of fun." <laughs> and so I played it. I played it for eleven years, uh, mm-hmm. fifth grade through college. Um, I like taught myself any other instrument that I could. My parents were uh, eventually they like got me private lessons when I was like, I wanted to like, I was like preparing for like auditions for like all state and things like that. Um, but otherwise it was just kind of like, I would get the instrument from the school, take it home and just like learn it. So I like taught myself guitar. Uh, I taught myself banjo. I taught myself flute saxophone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was uh sophomore year of high school that I lost a bet and did uh, had a speaking part in Man of La Mancha. Uh, oh, cool. There were no guys in our theater department, and my friend Will was a very, very big, very active in theater. Even like since middle school, he was doing plays and everything. Um, and they needed guys to be in Man of La Mancha, and um, I, I reluctantly agreed to do it. And I sang at the audition. It did not go well, so I got a speaking part. <laughs> yeah. And I had seven lines. I was the Duke in Man, Man of La Mancha, which mm-hmm. nobody knows who that is. But yeah. it's, it's Doctor Carrasco's. Uh, counterpart in okay. the prison scenes of it. So, if I had the talent at the time to be able to sing and act and do everything, I would have these prison parts, and then I would also be the villain of the whole show as Doctor Carrasco. But I mm-hmm. wasn't good enough to do that, so my friend's brother got to be that. Um, I did not. Uh, I enjoyed it. I liked the challenge of it, but I did not get a theater bug or anything like that, like some people talk about. So I pulled back and, and exclusively did like the, the pit orchestra and everything. Cause that was what I really liked doing. And that's where, what all my friends were doing. They were all in the pit. So, um, which was great. Cause then they would be like, you have to play clarinet for this, but then you also have to play alto saxophone and bass clarinet, which I didn't know how to play. So I would just get to take them home and learn new instruments, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for the rest of high school. I played in the pit for anything goes. Um, and, uh, what was the other one? Annie, get your gun. Quite uh, a resume. Quite a resume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, never. I grew up in New Hampshire, so Pat had the benefit of also growing up outside of Broadway his whole mm, life because he's mm-hmm. from Brooklyn. I grew up in uh, Bow, New Hampshire, 
which is right outside of the theater mecca of Concord, New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, there's no theater there. <laughs> yeah. Um, every now and then you get something, but not really. Uh, mm-hmm. So like the first show I remember my mother taking me to that was like, this is like a big deal that we're going to see this was my high school. I was in eighth grade, but the high school I would have gone to did a production of Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were no Jewish kids in my neighborhood. It was very <laughs> waspy New England, but I uh, got to see him try. Uh, saw a bunch of 17-year-old kids. Uh, I still remember it. the guy who did Tevia, real good job, yeah. real solid job. Um, it's a hard role too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of in high school listened to a lot of those like classic, like you know the Rodgers and Hammersteins, the Annie Get Your Guns, and the and you know anything goes and all those sort of like classic era. And I remember I, I still really don't like them. I have like a nostalgia because I like grew up with them mm-hmm. in, a, in a way, but like I never. It, it's kind of like the required reading of theater, so. Mm-hmm. I the shows that I like found randomly later were the ones I was like, oh, I really love this type of thing. The first show I remember seeing was my friend was the lead in Bat Boy in college, and I just went to support him. And I was like, this is the most. I didn't know you could make musicals that are this ridiculous and out there because <laughs> I also was like obsessed with comedy and like loved Mel Brooks and mm-hmm. you know loved sketch comedy and would watch SNL and Monty Python and things like that. So I see something like Bat Boy, and I'm just like, this is this is ridiculous. This is way more in line with like what I think is funny. And I also used to hate watching like an old joke from the twenties and like a Cole Porter musical get a big laugh. And I'm like, that's not, that's not that funny. <laughs> um, Depends on who you are, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in college I got into, I, I had a sketch comedy group that I helped start and that was what kind of got me into like acting was just cause like I would write sketches and I would write parts for myself that I thought I could do well. And, and then I would write for other people too, but mostly I would give myself an excuse to be the one getting laughs and, and really like that. And then when college ended, I didn't have a sketch group anymore and I started doing stand up. Um, in New Hampshire, which there wasn't much. So after a year there, I've just decided to move to New York and I've been here for about five years. And that was how I met uh, Patrick and Patrick will make you excited about theater. (laughs) Um, we actually did a a show together a couple Halloweens ago where we did a improvised karaoke version of little shop and Rocky Mm -hmm. horror where we just improvised all the lines of the play. And then we would play the karaoke versions and do that because karaoke and improv are legal. So you don't need to get licensing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we did that. I had, we just had so much fun preparing for it that when it was over, it was like, I kind of wish we kept being able to do this. And then just as a joke, it was like, what if we wrote a musical? (laughs) Yeah. And then we started writing great frontier together. Um, we got about halfway through the script and he was like, do you know how to write music? And I was like, I actually do because I took music theory classes for all of that time. So that was, how I knew how to do it. I never took on anything like this before, but you know, I've, I've always been much more drawn to the music side of it. So it was just like every day was just kind of spent writing this music and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So, so that was how I, I kind of like backed into it and like three point backed into it. And until I ended up with a musical off of Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of touched on it, but you guys met and then you did that show together. Was there a moment where you looked at him and you were like, I know this is somebody that I want to work with? And what did that look like? I think it, it was, was when I was, was drinking early. a half bottle of Bacardi <laughs> on his bed at the age of 20. Uh, That's right, yeah. yeah I, was I tw- used to run an open mic in my apartment. Oh, wow. Um, which I don't recommend. I don't recommend doing do it. it. Yeah, I don't no, recommend don't do it. I don't recommend We're inviting. monsters and we ruined everything. Yeah, so a little 20 year old boy, because Patrick's a few years younger than me, and this little 20 year old boy comes in with like a liter of wine and is just. Make yeah. himself comfortable in my apartment. Um, yeah, but I, that was how I met like most of our friends. That's, yeah, well, most of our friends. We all just because we all just used to just uh, have nothing to do and just show up at these yeah. house parties, turn open mics. Yeah, because we're comedians, <laughs> so we can't be people. Mm, so we yeah. have to be there for a reason. So there was an open mic, and that's why we're friends. Yeah, yeah. but we did. I had a web show that I did for a while called oh, yeah. The Worst Landlord. That was my my uh, fiance is a video producer, and she yeah. 
would she kept encouraging me to like write video sketches because I, mm-hmm. I wrote you know stage sketches all through college she's like you should write video sketches that way i can you know work on editing you can work on writing and i was like well this is adorable yeah let's do that <laughs> and i would write way too complicated things because when it's mm-hmm. on stage you can just say like okay now we're in space and yeah everybody just accepts it but on video you can't do that so she kept making me like taper it down <laughs> she's like just do something that you and your roommate will can do uh different guy will but yeah. i hang out with a lot of wills it's easier yeah. that way and uh <laughs> he uh he and I just did this web show where he was the tenant and I was the landlord. It was just like two man wacky comedy sketches. And then mm-hmm. I, I, we, we had like a third part, which was a, a weirdo that lives under the sink of the apartment. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I was like, Patrick, do you want to be a guy who lives under the sink? And I was, and he was. And then, uh, <laughs> and then it just ended up being a recurring character. So that was, yeah. but that was when like you, me and Will all were just like, Oh, we have like oh, a good yeah, rapport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then we started doing more sketch stuff together. We and had then, a show yeah. for a little while in Brooklyn. Yeah. We dynamic duos, which yeah. was just a duo sketch show yeah. where we better. would just write every month. We would write ourselves a sketch for yeah. the two of us to do. It was very like Smothers then, Brothers. Or yeah. Something yeah. Like Cause that. we also, cause we also found out we were really into Smothers Brothers, which is like uh, Tom and Dick Smothers were like two yeah. of my heroes. So it was like a thing of like, Oh, you like the same kind of comedy mm-hmm. I do. And then we would just start writing together in that sense. And then it's also just because when I would, I was, I would just produce a lot of shows in the city. Um, and they would never last too long because I was in, I was in, I was I was good at starting shows. <laughs> um, Isn't everyone? Yeah, yeah I yeah. was really good at starting shows, and then after a while, the bar, the bar owner, and everyone would be like, "Hey, why is this not making a billion dollars?" I'm like, "Because it's a comedy show in <laughs> yeah, a bar," yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, but I thought this would like save the, yeah. all of drinking." And I'm in, like, "In yeah. New York, not to mention where there's comedy everywhere." Everywhere, right. and they were just in New like, York. If a bar is like maybe comedy will save us, that bar's done. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a black exactly. crow. So many, so, yeah, so many bars have like closed after about eight or seven months um of me doing a show there but now now i'm doing now now i have like i have three shows i've been doing consistently for like the last couple years Mm -hmm. that are popular and fine but uh but back 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 before this it would just be like i would run a bar show and then it would be like oh man who am i gonna book i should book people with names but i'll just book my friends and then so it was a lot of that um especially i used to do a show the creek in the cave that kevin was on all the time just because it was like oh i forgot to book people this month kevin come do a set and then it would be stuff like that so so yeah, and we would just do comedy around each other a lot, and we would you know end up writing sketches together, and then he did the web show, and then after the web show ended, we would kind of be like, oh, but we should do more, and then he would write a sketch, and Lisa would film it, and I would do a part in it, and then it just got to this point where we would uh, then we joined this sketch group called Clip Show, mm-hmm. which we're both a part of. We're mm-hmm. going to be in the next one on the uh, I think it's the twelfth of August. It's whatever next Saturday. Whatever is, yeah. next Saturday <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're so like we're now in Clip Show. And we write sketches for well, Kevin writes sketches for it. I act in them, and uh, he acts them, and we, it's just it's just what we do. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it's just become like second nature, I guess, of just being in shows and yeah. stuff. We and really just learned how to finish each other's meals. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Close. I'm sorry, I was spaced Close. out. What yeah. happened? <laughs> well, you did that to him earlier. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. So you guys are both comedians, obviously. What do you kind of draw on from that to write a show? Like, what skills do you use or? Oh, inspiration man. do you draw from? Yeah. yeah well, Mel Brooks Mel was Brooks. the biggest yeah. one. Yeah. Mel Brooks was definitely the biggest one. For me, it was the... I, I tried real hard to get to get Kevin into song time, but it wasn't happening. <laughs> I love, I love, I love, I love, I love Anyone Can Whistle. Yeah. I think Anyone Can Whistle is one of the funniest musical shows. Just the music and the lyrics to Anyone Can Whistle is so funny. Mm-hmm. And I keep trying to get people into it. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares because the only cast recording is from like 1962. 66 mm-hmm. and people are like uh people are like no one no one cares about this thing and i'm like but anyone's uh, everyone says don't is just a perfect song and they're yeah. like no one cares so it's stuff like that where i'm just like god there's so many wonderful witty 
like composers and playwrights and musicians and who do who do write musicals and I really wanted to do like a show stopping kind of like like over the top kind of like a one ten of the shade kind of number you you know one ten of the shade yeah yeah the rain song mm-hmm. is like a perfect company number where it's just about a, like here comes this crook con man and he comes and he gets the whole town into this big thing and he keeps yelling their problems I'm like oh I just want to do a number like that and then we do numbers like that all the time in the show <laughs> and then we just kind of about you know basically two idiots going and doing an adventure is what I I think mm-hmm. what the what every musical from like 1945 <laughs> right after the war yeah. until the Korean War in the early 50s every musical was just like everyone's happy and look at these yeah. two GIs they're gonna go out and do something you kept, you kept citing all the like Bob Hope uh, Bob Hope yeah Bob Hope Road Movies oh my god the Road Movies and like Brigadoon where it's just like two guys just wandering into yeah. an adventure and I'm like great we could do that it's yeah, just yeah. you and me we'll just write it and we'll have people around us and um, <laughs> yeah. and then we just started we, we were in the back of a bar just pitching because the other thing too is like we we loved the Lin-Manuel was such a genius it was had just such a genius idea of using Hamilton because it's there there's no I, there's no beginning middle end you have to come up with mm-hmm. we understand what happens in the beginning we understand what happens at the end it is an it's a historical fact so we we're like we should just do a historical musical because then it's just we can just write jokes around a historical musical so we mm-hmm. just yelling ideas of yeah. different people we can do and then but it was the the idea being that we don't do any of the research yeah. that Lin-Manuel no. did and yeah. just make it kind of an anti-Hamilton. And <laughs> yeah. it's not it's definitely not a parody of Hamilton, but it was like, what if we just did the opposite of what's yeah. the most popular thing right now? And Yeah, exactly. Well, I did listen to some of it, and there is some rapping. There is a little oh, bit yeah. of rapping. There's, yeah. a, there's a rap number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very there's, reminiscent of Hamilton. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Hamilton shows up in the show. and <laughs> Very <laughs> briefly. Yeah. He very meets briefly. his demise very quickly. <laughs> yeah, because the show does start and take place in 1804 when Hamilton dies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, he, yeah, he's in and out. Real yeah. fast, um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 because it's because we love these shows and we love these shows so much that we wanted to trip tribute that I don't. Yeah. Make- well, I really I like I've gotten much more into musical theater now with like the more recent shows that have come out. Like yeah, like I was always a huge South Park fan as a kid and and still as an adult. So when Book of Mormon became a thing, I was like, oh my God, that's going to be so perfect. Because I've seen their movies and I'm just like, this is just going to be them yeah, doing yeah. what they love to do, which is writing music for no reason and yeah. putting it on stage. It's going to be great. And then I finally got to see it a few years ago. And it just like the fact that it's, the fact that it both makes fun of and is very endearing to both religion in general, but also theater. Yeah, like they're yeah. making fun of theater, but also like paying tribute to it. Um, that seems to be like the biggest thing now is like they're going to call reference to classic musical things, but then also yeah. you know, show that they respect it, but also make fun of it. Like uh, something rotten, something rotten was so, so perfect. perfect. Like that, that. I honestly, I, even though I saw, I saw it the same year I saw Book of Mormon, I was like, this is, I think, I think it's a funnier show. Just every I single line of it was the, such a great, it was such a tight book. That was the thing yeah. too, is when we were talking, when we were talking, because I mean, man, we've never really written like full musical songs. So we were just like, man, as long as the book's real tight. So we yeah. really worked on the, Really and as comedians, you know, we stuff, know yeah. we know how to write a joke. So it was like, well, if the jokes are there, it'll make up for the fact that we don't really know what we're doing. And yeah, yeah. We kind of we kind of leaned on that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, it was it, it, all we had to really focus on was like, as long as as long as we get laughs, we'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of feeds you. Yeah, that's yeah. like what the first couple drafts were just. Um, a lot of the notes were just like, yeah, but there's no real conflict or anything. Just kind of like are happy and joking. <laughs> and that like we this is like what the the version that we're doing now is like the twentieth or twenty fifth draft. Yeah. Wow. of this. It's so, been a couple years of serious, serious rewriting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now I, 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 and people agree honestly with me too. Is like, like there's really a reason why there's like an emotional 
crutch in the show where it's like the laughing really stops and people like always yeah. do the <gasps> moment. There's stakes. <laughs> there's yeah. stakes. Which there's... is very important. In yeah, 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 yeah. Plot and conflict. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's conflict, which is <laughs> you need conflict and friction to make good yeah. comedy. Is is comes from you know, like especially when we talk back about Mel Brooks. I mean, some of my favorite scenes of all time are the scenes where it's like in Blazing Saddles with Hedley Lamar, and he's just coming up with ways to like ruin the town. It's those are the the, the villains always have like yeah. the best moments. And it's because they're being foiled, you know. Yeah. They're, being, mm-hmm. they're 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 not getting their way, so they have a temper tantrum. Yeah. And <laughs> Jefferson, President Thomas Jefferson, who's our villain, he's our villain. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. He uh he has moments in the show where like man, it's it was one of the most fun characters to write. Just mm-hmm. because we got to make him almost almost cartoon like the monarch from Venture Brothers, where he's just like <laughs> twirling his mustache and oh I'll get you, <laughs> yeah. which is not present what Thomas Jefferson was. And my father, who's a history teacher, uh, loves to tell me he's like you know he wasn't the best guy, but he's not a monster. I'm like yeah. well too bad he is in our show. He is yeah. in our show. So we're almost there. So I'm going to push us over. So cool. is this you know what is the plot of this show? Is it the entire life? Of Lewis and Clark, or is it a, a moment, or what? What does this look like? <laughs> no, it's just the expedition. It's just the expedition. Yeah. Okay. we did think about having like a twenty years earlier, just yeah. like at the lockers, and just yeah. like, hey, what's up? I'm married with I, Lewis. I don't even think we even wrote it. I think it was just like a talking I about. Think like, you said I think it, and I said no. Yeah, I was just <laughs> kind of like, what pitch. if we? I I had this idea because I really, man, maybe it's because I shot. I put my foot in my mouth where I said like. Uh, I said, you know who does it really well? Shrek the musical opens up with like a flashback to when Shrek's a kid, and then he grows up. And I'm like, that's a good idea. And I, it was, be, I think it's because I said Shrek the musical. He was be like, mm-hmm. no one cares about this. Well, terrible you said 21 Jump Street the movie. I with, did. Oh yeah. And that was when Jump I was like, I'm listening because it's surprisingly <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, and we just have like a flashback yeah. that introduces Lewis and Clark like meeting for the first time, and then we realize that like we don't need that. Yeah, no, but mm-hmm. also nobody no, cares. no one yeah. cares. So, the, so ours we just sort of followed, and the, a big reason why I suggested we do Lewis and Clark is everybody knows the story. So yeah. if we get it wrong, people will get that it's wrong because they've known this story since they were eight years old. Yeah, and we already have our beginning, middle, and end, where you know we have the beginning where they're commissioned to get go on the journey. There's the middle, which is the actual journey, and then the end is obviously the Pacific Ocean. Um, yeah. What did you do over there? I don't How know. did you break this? <laughs> I broke right, the we're thing. Having, uh, we're having pop filter. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus. So normally, I would, normally I wouldn't call it out, but, <laughs> but it's, it's cartoonish because, at this because point. It's you, it's, because it's, it's me, yeah. Of course I did this. You're too. living yeah. cartoons sometimes. Yeah, 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 so yeah. If, you, if you notice any changes in quality, don't worry about don't it. Don't worry. It's we're, just, I'm yeah. fail- okay, we're good. Are we good? <laughs> um, if I hold it with my chin, it's okay. So back to the musical. So the basic plot is Lewis and Clark are garbage men janitors that work outside of the White House picking up trash. They're basically two townies who never did anything with yeah, their life. Yeah, they're janitors. And they're just, you know, in their 20s kind of just picking up trash outside the White House and yep. just hanging out and doing nothing other than just hanging out with each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and President Jefferson uh, is is very frustrated because the country keeps expanding and um, it makes his job harder every time they add yeah. a new state to the Union. So the whole opening is just him finding out that uh, he has to, that he has all these extra Western that states now. he has to now. do work. That he has to do work. Yeah. And he's just like, we're not going to let anybody know. He throws the flyers out. That Napoleon sends like mm-hmm. explo- Napoleon sends him like explorers needed flyers and he throws them out and Lewis and Clark are garbage men so they find it and then um, they go inside and, like we want to be explorers and he's like no but then he realizes that if they die trying to explore it'll scare people away from exploring yeah and it'll validating keep his, job his easy. point of so no that's one his whole explore, dumb right? evil plan is I'll yeah. let them go and I'll let them die and then not my job will stay easy and that's yeah. that's the crux <laughs> that's the inciting incident yep yeah. and then Lewis and Clark go out and yep. they end up meeting uh, Sagajuia. And her and, father. Uh, and her father, chief running joke. Yep. 
And um, <laughs> then uh, Chief Running, running Joke and Secretary join them because they're um, Lewis and Clark are slowly ruining America by naming everything. And yeah. just Clark is kind of just like, you know, killing animals every yeah. time he it's sees one. It's very much and, about gentrification where yeah. just here come these two white guys. Exactly. And they're just like, we already lived here. And like, we just found, I mean, it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. in New York where yeah. you go to a place like, I found the greatest neighborhood in Brooklyn. And there's like, yeah, we've been yeah. living here there's since a million the 70s. People and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we were kind of making fun of that too. And um, yeah. we also have an early, early joke where we, we also, I didn't, we, I don't think we meant to do it, but we kind of made it the anti Hamilton again, where, uh, Patrick and I are the only uh, white actors in it, and everybody mm-hmm. else yeah. is either African American or yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarah, who's um, uh, Iranian. Uh, Iranian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So she's our Sacagawea. Um, and it's there's a joke in the the first song is called the Something Somethings, and it's uh, about how it's, it's mostly it's, about how we don't know what we're doing. It's, so it's, it's essentially it's it's the American history up to this point in the per, in the perspective of Native Americans. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, which is not is very not favorable. nice. Yeah, and it's yeah, just like of course. the white guys came and they gave us smallpox, and then the white yeah. guys came and they pushed us out west, and now it's the 1800s, and this is what we're dealing with. Them, and she's like, but this isn't going to be a, a story about white guilt or white privilege because this is a story about America. So the white people are the heroes, and that always mm, gets yeah. a big laugh. And then everybody, we're the only two white people, and everybody else is yeah. not. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's kind of the running joke through this uh, is is these two white guys, even though they're completely complete idiots and they think they're discovering something where people already live. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. still the good guys at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... And and then eventually, you know, really, it's it's about Lewis and Clark as friends. And in the beginning, you know, they're two townies; they haven't really had to challenge themselves too much. Um, yeah. But now they're on this big adventure, and Lewis has dreams of doing something with his life. Clark just wants to hang out with his buddy. Uh, there's a love interest with Lewis and Sacagawea and Clark gets very jealous and it kind of drives a wedge between them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the main drama with the expedition comes from yeah. is Clark is freaking out because he's losing his friend to a, to a girl. And then it kind of flips back between the white house and what they're doing. Yeah. And they basically, um, John Adams shows up as the ex president yep. and, mm-hmm. uh, finds we didn't out- mean for this to happen, but imagine if Obama came back and just started like, ripping into Trump right now for yeah. being a bad president. Yeah. That that's we accidentally wrote the worst president, which is Jefferson. And yeah, people are we wrote like, this I really like year... how you wrote a parody of Trump. It's yeah. like we had no, no idea. We wrote this like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Most of the dialogue between Jeff most of Jefferson's dialogue has not changed mm-hmm. since about like very early drafts. And that was a year and a half ago. And this is before Trump was even like on the scene as a front runner. So it wasn't yeah. like we were looking at Trump going like Oh, we're gonna make fun of this fuck because man, mm-hmm. we're not that smart. <laughs> no, like it's a hundred percent just like you guys are clairvoyant. Yeah, 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 yeah. We basically wrote like we basically we love Obama and we do love Obama. So we're like, what's the opposite of that? Yeah, and then <laughs> just, I did write a lot of it honestly based on what people say about Obama and just like oh, or presidents in general, but like oh, he's lazy and yeah, blah, blah. he doesn't do and anything. I realized I did write a lot based on like what Trump was saying like 2014 when he did exactly when yeah. he was yeah. like an early one, and now it just happens that we look like geniuses. Yeah, there's a, there's, a joke, there's a joke. There's a joke that we wrote that we thought was funny because we have a joke early on about te- about the use of technology and then there's a callback a scene later where he's like oh i got oh i, I have tape recorders hidden around the white house yeah and then uh <laughs> i heard like, about nixon but, uh, it was a nixon joke it was a nixon yeah. joke yeah and now trump is like talking about tape recording james comey <laughs> and all these things it's like i can't believe this history is... repeats itself exactly like, yeah. yeah it's like stranger than fiction where i'm just writing will ferrell into existence <laughs> and well, that would be a great script it would be a great script yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was yeah, yeah. underrated so um, you said that you guys have been working on this for about a year and a half before uh and then you had a successful kickstarter campaign and you raised yeah. Three thousand dollars or thirty two hundred dollars. Um, yeah, just and about. then now you were at New York Music, uh, New York Theater Festival, New York Theater yeah. Festival, yeah, the Summerfest. So 
that's a pretty long journey. What did that journey look like? Was it stressful on you? Was it fulfilling? Because I know you set aside money. You said in your mm-hmm. podcast, you set aside a thousand dollars to yeah. do this, and you ended up only having to spend five hundred. Right. Um, so, what was that whole experience like? Um, Early on, it was just fun. Like it was yeah. pure fun, yeah. and that's honestly what drove us to actually finish the script. Was because we were just doing it for us, for really. us, and, and it was just yeah, it was more of a thing of like let's finish it and then we'll put it in a bar and do it for a friend. Our original yeah. idea was just do a forty-five minute bar show, yeah, mm-hmm. that we could do at like UCB or the Pit because we know that they they, they do bookings where like if you write a show forty-five minutes up. You can submit it and you can probably do yeah. it. So we we're like, great, we'll do that. And then we kept working on it and writing it and figuring out more and really falling in love with these characters. So it became a full show. Yeah. And then once it became a full show, we're like, all right, well, we'll do a few drafts. And we did a few readings in his apartment yep. with our <laughs> friends. And then we booked at the Creek in the Cave, we booked a full, like a night to do a live reading. So mm-hmm. we did like a live stage yeah. reading with the music and the cast. And that went really well where people were like really like, oh, my God, this is like good. And it wasn't just something on our couch where our friends would be like, hey, this is fun. People were like showing up and like we had a packed house that yeah. night. And The creek seats about 45 and we had like 70 people crammed in there, which mm. is illegal. We were informed yeah. afterwards. We were informed yeah. afterwards. It was, it was, it was, we didn't it was know that. I was that. like, I yeah. think we could fit like 100 people in there. And so we put like free tickets on Eventbrite and uh, and then like people kept showing up. And the, our tech director, Mary, was just like, how many tickets did you sell? And I was like, 75. And she's like. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, how many does, does it see? She's like, like 40, 45, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And we just had them all crammed in the back. And yeah, and it became like a real thing for a lot of people. Yeah. And not just us. Like for yeah. a lot of people were like, oh, this is like a thing you guys have been really working yeah. on. But we just did it. I mean, everyone was on book. We, we uh, Pat's gotten me into seeing a lot of the shows at... Um, at uh, the New York City Center, whenever they do like, oh yeah, City Center. Yeah, I'm, I'm so in love with. We City saw Center. Um, God bless you, Mr. Rosewater, the mm-hmm. Mank and Ashman, their first partnership actually, mm-hmm. which, and we saw it, and I was like, oh, they they basically put this together in like two weeks for this exactly. event. It's a lot of like famous actors that have other work that they're doing, but they're they're on book and they you know they have all the Kilgore Trout novels from the mm-hmm. book like just out as scripts so that they can consult. Yeah, them. So I, printed I was like, well, a... we should do that because I really want to do this musical this year mm-hmm. at, just as a personal goal. So what if we just like. Have a month of rehearsals, and we... it was essentially one year after we started working on it. In yeah. just a general sense of coming up with ideas, it was yeah, like true. almost a year to the day. Maybe it was actually it was less than a year. It was it was actually a little a few weeks less. It was Halloween. It, it was, was Halloween. A year from when we so, did that karaoke yeah, improv yeah, yeah. So, show. So yeah, so it was like almost a year to the day of like when we first came up with the idea and started working on it. We did a show. And we had everyone in, on book, and the we I printed special books that looked like maps, so everyone looked like they were just holding a map yeah. of America. Mm-hmm. We made and, you know um, fake playbills on Microsoft Word or whatever, exactly, and yeah. Passed them yeah. out, and um, yeah. But honestly, like that whole first phase, was, I mean, the writing was just like, yeah, we're having fun with this, and like I really loved that I was actually getting to like write music because mm-hmm. I was like, hey, look yeah. who look who actually remembered all this music theory stuff, and, yeah, I, and I, I learned a lot just because if I got stuck on something. Which that was the most frustrating part. It's like I know what this is supposed to sound like. I can mm-hmm. hear it in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it looks like on paper, and then I would have to think like what song has that in it, and just look up the sheet music for that, <laughs> just to see what it looks like, and be like, oh, okay, that's yeah. how you do it. Because I don't play piano. It's all piano music. Yeah. yeah. Um. I know how pianos sound. I know that it's made so that your hand can play an octave, <laughs> and that's about it. The basic knowledge. Yeah. Of a piano. I used to yeah. in college. I used to arrange um, music for me and my friends to play. Like I played saxophone. A lot of my friends played wind instruments. So I would just write. I, I would I would write like I would arrange like rush songs to be played up by wind instruments. I would uh-huh. arrange like I the Copeland hoedown. I wrote it for two saxophones and me and my friend Tom played it just for the heck of it. 
Um, I wrote a bunch of Russian folk songs so that I would get out of taking the Russian final because I needed extra credit to be not eligible for it. So I like knew how to arrange stuff by listening to it, figuring it out from that. And then with writing the songs, I would try to do the same thing with like hear it in my head and put it, put it down. Um, (laughs) so that was like, I learned a lot from that, which was like frustrating, but also really rewarding. And then it was really once we started adding the other people that when it got stressful was managing schedules. Oh yeah. That's Um, a nightmare. It's an eight person cast, which isn't that big but it's also not that small i've heard a lot of people that are like writing plays at our level we've met a lot of great people through the theater festival and they're just like oh yeah like five people is like enough to try to work with and i'm yeah. just like oh well, we have eight and like yeah we did that and then we had to write it down to like four <laughs> or five because it was yeah. so much of a yeah, yeah, yeah. of a nightmare but even then because it was like a month commitment to get lines down and mm-hmm. everyone was on book it was really just like it was just fun and also once we had like a really we found a we got lucky and found a really really competent piano player who loves the show Loves working with us. Yeah, she's Found fantastic. Found her on Craigslist. Yep, nice. Uh, we really lucked out. She just happens to live right by yeah. you, so that's good. Yeah, that too. Um, so then, you know, we do the show, and it's we took a couple months off, mm-hmm. and then rewrote it based on what did not work and what did work. Not even a couple months. We probably took like a few weeks off, and then back like in December, we just in December, rewrote it yeah. and rewrote it. We did. We added. We cut a song. We added two, three new songs. Yeah. We, um, you know, we, we re- reworked some scenes, cut lines, rewrote lines, and then we started submitting it to festivals. Yeah. Like January. Pretty, yeah. J- January. January 1st. I was like, all right, I want to start sending this places. So let's get the New Year's resolution out of the way. We started sending it. Uh, and then it was just kind of waiting. Yeah. You know, yep. some, some theater festivals would write back and say like, no, right away. <laughs> and that's fine. Hey, at least they wrote back. At least they wrote back. Yeah. Some yeah. of them, there's honestly, there's, we sent them in January. There's still some that like in February were like. Hey, we read the first 10 pages. We really like it. Can you send us the first one? And I send it. I was like, great. And they're like, cool. We'll let you know within the next year if we want it because we <laughs> yeah. read everything. And I'm like, all right, great. Uh, the New York Theater Festival. So the New York Theater Festival, they have a summer fest and a winter fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and the winter fest was just wrapping up. And it's like, but it's like an all year commitment that these people run yeah, this yeah, at, yeah. The, at the Hudson Guild. Um, and so he was just like, yeah, you can, you can do the summer fest. You'll hear your dates in July. And I was like, oh, okay. So then we immediately started calling everybody from the original cast and the people that could do it. We brought them back and the people that couldn't do it. Uh, we had to find new people. So again, thank God for Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, we, again, we got really lucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah we we yeah. got a really good cast that really jives together. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but this was like a, just up front. it's going to be a three month commitment because we have to be off book. We have to, this Stage has to be it. real. People are paying to see this now, so yeah. it has to be real. We're going to have a director come in. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a tech person that like actually is involved with the show. So, the last three months of rehearsing was where it started out fun. And then it's like, we're getting closer and closer. And that's when the stress really dials up. Cause mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I, I get really stressed out whenever people are like paying to see something like, it's just like, I, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If I don't want people to feel They're like they, responsible. they wasted their money on yeah. me. Cause I, that would bother me. It's like, it's, <laughs> that's worse than if you go and see a yeah. bad movie where you're like, I can't believe I spent $10 on that or yeah. $16 yeah. if you're in New York. Cause they can physically see you. Yeah. And I have to go <laughs> outside they, and see exactly. them. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. 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 But, um, yeah. And then we, we just did them. We just did yeah, them last we just week. Did three. And it, they actually, and we, they went so well. We got a fourth date. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. Monday yeah. now. We're Monday the seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. was a big surprise. And, I yeah, guess we, all of us were kind of like, well, Sunday we'll we'll be done with this. We can have our lives yeah, back. And, and then like, right we before the show, right come before, do it again. Right before Friday, he like pulled us aside and goes, uh, "Let me talk to you two for a second. And he goes, "Hey, uh, so you guys sold out tonight? Do you want to do another show?" And we were like, "Yeah, no, definitely. We definitely want to do another show." He's like, "Well, hold on, go ask your cast." And we're like, "I don't. We'll do it without him. Let's just like, let's do this forever. You know? All eight parts. To see yeah, 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 yeah. Great. So you, like I said, you funded a Kickstarter campaign, mm-hmm. and it wasn't chump change. You got. Thirty-two hundred dollars, yeah, roughly. yeah, something like that. So, 
what does that look like? How did you guys raise that much capital? Because I'm sure there are people listening mm-hmm. who want to do something similar and need yeah. money. So what um, was your tactic? Well, the first thing we did was like try to estimate what our budget would actually be. Mm-hmm. Um, when I said like, oh, I set aside $1,000 for the show, my naive brain a year ago when we started this was like, oh, I'll set aside $1,000. We can do a, sh- a show for $1,000. Yeah. Um, rehearsal spaces alone are like 50 to $60 a yeah. pop. And it was like about, you know, uh, all close to two thousand dollars just in rehearsal yeah. spaces, plus you know paying musicians mm-hmm. and renting the the theater itself. You know, not so much renting the theater, but just paying the admittance to the fee that lets us do the festival, which also helps them rent the theater. So, yeah. um, the budget was around three thousand that we were going to need. So I still kept that money set aside. I was like, in case we need it, mm-hmm. I have it set aside, and I don't have to worry about it. But mm-hmm. we kind of listed everything we knew we would need. We had a lot of props from the last time, but. Yeah, we, there were a lot of things that we wanted to kind of upgrade the props so it would look better for this. Um, yeah, once you get the budget down, though, it, it really gets down to with with promotion, especially if you're doing a play. Um, I we were going fine and we were doing okay, but the second we started like releasing songs mm-hmm. with the cast singing, that's when we people would start really getting into like, oh, this is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. this isn't just like I'm putting money to a Kickstarter and you guys are going to do it when we're done. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, because a lot of Kickstarters like. You give it to and the guy's like, "Hey, I have this idea and I have some drawings down. Let me make this thing for fifty thousand dollars." I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and you give it to him, and then you'll just it'll never be done. Right. Like a lot of technology stuff happens. You're like one time, it's my, like an app, and it's like I have an idea for an app. Yeah, I have an idea for an app, or I got a cool watch idea, and it doesn't yeah. work, and then it just or by the time he raises the money, someone at an actual Silicon Valley company is like, "That's a great idea." Yeah. It just makes it in an afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say, like, especially with uh, with plays or. Really anything, especially if you're going to kickstart a musical, because I do see a few kickstarters. Yeah, out there. release your songs. Have something out there. For Have someone to out see. there see. And we we release four of our songs with yeah. the cast, a video of them singing. Yeah. Again, it helps to have your fiance be a video production person. Yeah, that'd if be you great. have a friend who can help you make a or just, good Kickstarter video, just use a camera. Yeah, find yeah. a camera, just record Edit it. Edit something real quick that just lets people know what this is and like that you're serious what, about and it. where your money's going. Like yeah. if you're gonna give money to something yeah, you like, want to know what it's going to like i um i i, I kicks before we did our kickstarter I, I i kickstarted the musical um because i was just like oh let me see what they're doing because i'll get the updates and they would send an update once or twice a week um barely and then they would um they never released any songs from their show mm-hmm. and then they didn't do it they didn't make hmm. the they're also their thing was also like five thousand dollars yeah. and they started their kickstarter like two weeks before they needed to do it yeah Jeez. and it was like it was it was just a thing where i was watching i'm like all right so they so we sent updates at least you know every three days or every, every four time days. we hit like a milestone or we were about to yeah. hit like a major percentage i was like oh we're close to hitting 30 so we, we weren't we were at like 20 percent but i was just like <laughs> we're almost at 33 percent yeah we're almost like, oh, here Sarah, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of yeah, we would do a thing. We're like, oh man, we're almost one third of the way there. Yeah. Realistically, we were like not close there, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. But you just, and then, you just I, every single day, I would like post things like, I, I, I will shut up if you donate to my Kickstarter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it got to a thing where like I would post, um, I would post like, uh, I, I immediately when our Kickstarter started, you can cancel your pledge. So I just put a hundred dollars in. Ah. So like on our first day, we hit like three hundred bucks, and they're like, wow, that's pretty impressive. That's yeah. like you know, and I'm like, yeah, it is. Half half of that was me, yeah. but. It's a solid you know? strategy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It just shows that pe- there's money in it already. Yeah. And then people start getting into it. And once we got to a point, I took it out and it just, we were already fine and we were getting like a few couple donations, especially like the last, because we, 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 we hit our goal like a week before mm-hmm. the Kickstarter was over. Yeah. So like that week, the, the week leading up to it before we hit our goal, those three days, every hour we would get at least five bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It you was know? also, this was a, both a good and a bad thing, but 
because my, my girlfriend was the video person who was helping us like make our Kickstarter video that lets people know why they should give us money. She was also working on her own short film at the time. So that was taking up all of her time. So we ended up launching the Kickstarter about a month later than we wanted to, mm-hmm. which yeah. meant we launched it at the end of June and it was like ending the weekend of the show. Yeah. Um, so uh, I put a lot of stuff on my credit cards. That eventually <laughs> the Kickstarter is going to yeah. help us uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. pay that back. But uh, but be- because of that, um, it was bad because it's like, well, now we won't actually have the money to use on this stuff. So I'm going to have to just trust that it comes in. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about it was that one of our rewards, which I would definitely encourage anyone who's trying to any sort of event based thing, let one of the gifts be here. Here's your ticket to the show. Yeah, exactly. So even yeah. though that cut into our profit, it still got people interested in donating to it because they're like, oh, I can. Yeah. I'll give $50 to this and then I get to see the show, which is in three days now because yep. we mm-hmm. started it so late. So a lot of people in those last couple days donated because they were like, well, just like, I get yeah, to see this in a ask, week. Hey, where can I get tickets? And I'm like, well, you can just buy them from the Kickstarter. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, great. Then I can help you the other way too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had you a know? bunch of people that were just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a ticket. And I was like, you can also get it from here. And then I just had to buy their ticket for yep, them and that's fine. send it to them. But it's kind of a roundabout way of doing it. But yeah. I mean, it, it really, it really worked. It worked. And, yeah. And yeah. people, people really just like, if, if especially if they're nearby, it's like, oh, I can help you and get a ticket because mm-hmm. exactly. most of the people were, you know, friends of ours or family members. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A few people, because there's not too many musicals getting kickstarted every day. Like we're still on yeah. the front page of it, mm-hmm. even though it's a month long campaign. Uh, Pat and I are both very into board games. Yep. There's a million board games coming out every day on yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. So you launch something and it'll get buried a, yeah. month, a day later. But this, like, we were on the front page the whole time, so people would randomly find it. And yeah, the title been, of our show is already funny. Joke, like, people exactly. see it and they're just like a poorly researched music about Lewis and Clark. They'll at least click on it because it sounds ridiculous. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they see a couple solid videos of the songs from the show. And they're like, oh, this seems worth yeah. it. So our, I can't our, see it, but here's $10, whatever. Yeah. And a lot of people, people go on Kickstarter to find stuff because they're into that thing. So... Mm-hmm. It's a good chance if you if you just have enough on there that would make someone who's already who wants to be interested in it actually be interested in it. That's like the best thing you can do. So we just try to put as much out there for free yeah. about what our show is. Exactly. And especially for friends of ours who don't believe that it was real. And a, <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah, of people came to our did. shows a and they were just like, oh, I thought this was like a joke that you were yeah, doing. Yeah. Did you improvise that? Or joke. Very yeah, elaborate. Yeah. A very elaborate yeah. two-year Andy Kaufman <laughs> level joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. So what does the future of Great Frontier look like? Do you have any idea? Um, no. Well, there's a show on there's Monday. There's a show on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Monday we have a show. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and then, then after that, we'll probably slide into a depression. Are you probably, slide into yeah. A depression? I'm going to slide into a depression. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I have a book coming out, and uh, oh, my congrats. immediate thought was, fuck that. <laughs> I want to be a musical. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I We, we really want to be able to get like an actual cast recording um, yeah right now there's some hoping. demos that that you heard where it's just me and pat singing in my living room just so that, again yeah. so that we could have something out there for people to hear it mm-hmm. um but i mean the vocalist we have actually singing those parts especially the sacagawea song her voice is just mm. so amazing it's like well we should and they're in both of the videos that we have the something something's in story of me but we really want to do like an original cast recording that we can put out yeah, there like a premiere cast yeah. whatever it is cuz we love just finding random musicals yeah, on Yeah that's one on of my hobbies and, is just going on iTunes and finding random musicals yeah. that someone but I mean, like I found some of my favorite musicals. I just there's a Bukowski musical that's great. Yeah. Bukowski, very cool. Which is, I just found on iTunes at like three in the morning. It's from like the '95 from like a '95 yeah. fringe, and they recorded, it and it's it's so good and fantastic yeah. and really funny. And 
man, it's how I found uh, Joe Iconis and be more chill and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I suggest Murder just Castle, the Murder Castle, the H.H. Holmes, <laughs> Holmes the rock, rock opera. opera. Yeah. Wow, that sounds oh, incredible. Oh, God, it's so great. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just fun. Just do yourself a favor. Get drunk. Go on iTunes. <laughs> buy some cast albums. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guarantee I, I you know. one out of three is going to be fantastic. And yeah. that's my dream is for some some drunk fat guy <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Ten years to, from now. Yeah. Ten years from now, just going like, Great Frontier. <laughs> All right. And then listening to it and going like, these little boys, yeah. they, they did a good thing. I, I really don't know. I don't know if you, you're, you also have more self-confidence than me, but I don't know if I see it yeah. going to an off-Broadway or Broadway level, just knowing what is at that level. Unless we found an amazing cast and like really tightened up things where it became like a real commercial, mm-hmm. you know, sellable thing. But I'm not naive enough to think that this ridiculous farce would be you know, would fit into that. Yeah. So honestly, I feel like this is more of a step one where we can get people looking at sure. us for like our next thing. When we, if we do a next thing, yeah. that would be a mm-hmm. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. If we be... did it again, I, I said like, I would love to do it in like a school library. Mm-hmm. Just do it in yeah. like weird, alti we're, venues. We're big fans of a uh, pipeline theater company in Brooklyn. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And they did uh Dave Malloy's Beardo. Beardo. Yeah. And Beardo was in the church. I saw it. Oh Did man, you? how great was it? Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, really oh, loved it. I saw it on I I took it my so girlfriend to uh, for Valentine's Day. Yeah, we I love Dave Malloy. So Same. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's our, it's one of the best working today. I think absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. insanely talented. Yeah, I love, I love, but we, so we love that they just used a church and they made mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. very, you know they brought you into it and like our dream was to do it in the school because that's where my, yeah. my one of my original ideas was to do like a Man of La Mancha thing where like the, the oh, show yeah. would be capped off with. Um, Lewis and Clark. Lewis, Lewis and Clark are two kids who just didn't write a paper. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and this is them trying to. And fake this their is way them trying it. to fake their way through the paper, and the yeah. whole show would take place in a classroom, and you would be part of like their paper, and the and the teacher would be Jefferson, and the principal would be Adams, and Sacagawea <laughs> would just be the smart girl, and and all yeah. the other characters would like intertwine with each other, and um, and it's just yeah, it's just a silly silly thing that I thought we ended up not going with it just because it works. It fine. works fine as is, but but um, yeah. yeah, I I want more. I just want more people to see it. So like, I just keep. I just want to keep sending it places. I would love other theater companies. They're like, we're just looking for a small yeah show to do. I would, I would love this to be regional. Like, I really I, love. I would love for someone else to take over for a little while yeah. because it's been it's been a long this yeah. three months has been it's been very very mm-hmm. long and I I'd, I'd also I'd just love to see what other people would do with it and mm-hmm. if there's some random. If Schenectady's got some theater troupe and they've only got <laughs> yeah. one girl and seven guys, I've got the show yeah. for you. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty so sure. It's, I, uh, I don't know. I just like random people to. Um, if it just becomes a weird cult classic that people slowly oh, find, that'd be great. My dream. That's, that's a dream. That's those if are the this becomes that like a zombie a prom, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on. This was a very Thanks, great man. conversation. Yeah, uh, I'm very interested in your show. I wish I had the chance to see it, but. Unfortunately, I can't. This is also coming out after the Monday, so unfortunately, oh, you no. can't plug that. But so what, get out of here, you. <laughs> but what what are you guys working on? Things that you can plug? Do you have any shows coming up? Just your comedy shows? Sure. Or? Well, we were we both write and act for Clip Show, which is a sketch show. It's at the Creek in the Cave. Yeah, every um, first second every second Saturday. Saturday of the month at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Creek in the Cave is in Long Island City. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, new sketch show every single time. Um, uh, we're uh, uh, I'll be the Cinderblock Comedy Festival in Brooklyn. I got the sk- clip shows in that, and mm-hmm. I also will be. Um, uh, I'm doing my show Dunces and Dragons there, uh, which is a show I do every month, every first Wednesday of the month at QED mm-hmm. in Astoria. Uh, it's a show where we just play Dunces, uh, Dungeons and Dragons with comedians, and uh, it's been going strong there for a while. So come by there, and then. Um, uh, When's this coming out? 
This will be two weeks, so cool. let me get up my Great. handy dandy calendar. And then definitely, um, if you guys are August fourteenth. Perfect. If you if you're gay, you love musicals and you love comic <laughs> books, come to FlameCon. It's a gay comic con that I will be a part of. My dog is on the poster because she is uh, cosplaying uh, Chihuahua. All right. And uh, I'll be there selling my comics, which I write, and my new book. Um, I hope to have ready. It might not be ready for that, but I do have other books that are newer. But I should be famous uh, is coming out. Um, Great title. Probably in September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. I will be getting married in September, so the next oh. few weeks will be focused on that. Not so many shows, but come to Clip Show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah come if to Clip Show, yeah. yeah if, and if you can fi- find out where my wedding is, show up. <laughs> yeah. Somebody will find it. I'm Somebody sure. will. Please yeah. don't show up. Please, <laughs> please don't show up. This uh, will be so I, yeah. I have hidden several clues <laughs> in the city, and if you can put together a little yeah. map, you can in come. In this podcast, even, there were Patrick clues, is actually so. officiating my wedding. I'm so. officiating oh, the yeah. wedding, yeah. so yeah. he Great. fucked up. <laughs> what a dumb thing. I got birds, costume changes. It's going to be fun. Yeah. You'll keep it entertaining, for yeah. sure. I have to, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always a showman. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, guys. Again, this was a great conversation. I really appreciate yeah. you, especially you trucking from Brooklyn. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot. lot. Don't talk like that. Of course we're going to make it. Thanks again for listening. Despite what you may think, every download, every ear counts. If you liked what you heard, remember to subscribe and leave a review on the podcasting app you use. If you like the music, you can find more information in the show notes. Next week, my good friend Shelby Ringdahl comes on the show. She details her time spent in Miss America, her recent stint at the Muni, and we also chat about the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. See you next week at the Ghost Light. Bears and bears, and I'm not worried, not one little bit. We can do anything with my brains and your grits. There'll be monsters and lava and poison.